is the enemy. All right, man. Another day, another way, maybe. Or maybe it's another day the same old way. Welcome, Jason. Good afternoon, Crow, and to all of our lovely folks out there. Looks like we got a good turnout already. I can hear all the halflings dancing in the Shire to that music. Isn't it lovely? <laughs> now, if you're going to talk that way, we're going to have to talk about the Hobbit leaf. Um, <laughs> anyhow, um, yeah, I made the mistake a day. I took a nap and it ended up being two hours right up, butted up to my show here. I'll, I'll probably not do that again. But we've got an interesting thing to talk about. Uh, Jason found an article. And actually, I'm going to get this article in front of me. And it talks about the calendar. Um and I've always had problems with our calendar. It makes no damn sense. And I've started to research this a few times, but I think on the tail of this, maybe I'll go back and do it. Um, we're going to cover what's being published now, a thing Jason dug up. And as we go through it, I'll point out the logical problems with it. And here's the thing. Apparently, there was a time when the world did what's called natu- natural science, which we now call alchemy. The things that you can pull off are almost magical in their claims. The idea that a human being alone has the divine spark and can do things to like an herbal medication called exalting it, uh, making it more than it could be in nature with only human beings having that potential. The idea here is that if you are tied to the sky clock uh, to a degree so finite that you can do it down to the minute, then you can pull these things off. Uh, And that's in conjunction with prayer. Um, And and we probably won't touch on that side of it. But my point is, is if all that's true, it makes perfect sense why the calendar would be obscured, hidden, and jacked up. But anyhow, Jason, anything you want to mention before we start pulling through this modern publication of a supposed history of the calendar? Well, right off the bat, I'd like to say thank you to Kevin for the $7.77. Man, I can't speak. $7.77 super chat there we go lots of s's in there well, that's a lot of sevens yeah that's, that's lots of who the hell who the hell started that <laughs> oh i think it's some evil guy named alistair crawley yeah something like that uh, <laughs> so anyway i hope everybody enjoyed this last week's episode with marty for another episode of marty's mind blowers you know a lot of people commented on that episode they did like it Um, And a lot of people were trying to work out where they stood on the idea of the existence of no thing. Um, And there was quite a conversation going on the forum, too. So it's a good show. And a lot of people got into considering what we laid down there. And it was also interesting to have Marty um, because I know certainly that he went into the conversation with uh, almost a polar opposite perspective of what zero is for. So it was very interesting. Yeah. And uh this coming week, we have Athen Kementi coming up. We're going to be speaking about a... I know a lot of what you guys went into was a little little out of my league, and it was discussing the uh, the great conjunctions and all that. I don't know if you want to take a moment to discuss that. Well, here's the thing. Uh, we like to I like to have Athen Kementi on because, for one, he's a nice guy, and that scores tens in my book, being an honest, nice person. That's high ranks with me. But he's sidereal astrology, which basically means he looks up And what he sees existing in the sky above his head is what he attempts to make sense of. And I think that's what we're stuck doing now. Um, And a lot of people from uh, tropical astrology and other things uh, pop in. 
But I think we should all get together on this. And even though we know there's differences and I don't accept some of the reasons and some of the other uh, traditions, it doesn't mean that they don't have valid elements. But I do feel and this this episode right now is going to start to cover up how I feel uh, calendars, time, all of it. Astrology got jacked up. And of course, all roads always lead to Rome. The story is the story starts with Rome, whatever it might truly be. Well, that's for sure, and we're going to cover that again when we start talking about the calendar and all that sort of thing. You know, no matter what we do, Crow, it always seems to to uh, lead back to either the Vatican or Rome, and of course, the Roman Empire, as we always say, became the Vatican, and there's just no doubt about that. Well, there, to me, I don't think you can... It, there's an idea in the history we've been handed that there's a difference between what we call ancient Rome and the Vatican, and I'm not buying um, it's just a conversion. And, you know, we tried to demonstrate that with the, the doors of the ancient Rome Senate being the first doors on St. John's Basilica in so-called Vatican Rome with popes. And I'm not buying it shows flat out that the civil concerns or the legal or the leadership concerns went straight from the Senate doors right over the first basilica in the Vatican. And I think that's a tell. Um, we act like there's some magical difference, but to me, there is no difference. That power structure never fell. And, you know, it even gets worse in, in the history we're handed because you hear things like the Holy Roman Empire. Well, I'm sorry. It was neither holy nor Roman if you really want to take it apart. Right. Oh, by the way, before I forget, I've been going down the pier almost every day since it's been nice here in Louisiana. And I've got several different shots of where it's very clear and plain of the Superdome. So maybe very soon I'll be able to cobble enough together to make it an interesting video. And for everybody who's into that sort of thing, I would like help with math so I can see what exactly is what and what it should well, be. Well, I can, <laughs> I can predict what you're going to find. You can see too far. I think you're shooting 34-ish miles, something over 33 miles. According to Google Maps, when we looked it up, where I'm standing on the fishing pier, it's called Sunset Point Fishing Pier. It's in Mandeville, Louisiana. That's looking out across Lake Pontchartrain to the New Orleans uh whatever you want to call it, the skyline, you know, you can see the buildings and everything. And it's 33.5 miles away from where I would be standing on that pier. So you shouldn't be able to see it. Um, and I'm just pulling from memory, but as you get into it, you're going to end up redoing what I did in the desert across a lake. Um, you're going to prove that the curvature model is incorrect. And then you're going to deal with all the brilliant minds coming in to tell you you're looking at a mirage, not calling it the proper thing, a superior mirage, which is all nonsense. But that's my prediction on what's about to happen with your work. Right. Now, different days yield me different results, which is why I keep going down there. Today, I happen to get a, a very good, clear shot. And you can see not the entirety of the Superdome, not that I was expecting to, but you can see that white cap that's on the whole thing quite clearly on certain days and i've got several days worth of shots where you can indeed see that white dome well you've got an offer from s frog who's the man to do calculations on that level if you want help with the math um i pretty much draw from tables that are accepted to be correct because i'm not much of a math guy but anyhow um do you want to is there anything else or do you want to start taking apart this article and i didn't even look let me see if i can get a date on it oh sunday march 1 and just so you guys know the claim in this, well, I'll call it research, but 
I'm biting my tongue, is going to say that once upon a time, March 1 was the first of the year. But what the hell kind of sense does that make? If you're going to do March, you're going to do the equinox, right? Everybody from apparently time immemorial knew the equinox marked spring. Um, so there's so many things that I'll point out as we go through this. But um, this is a tough one because most of the topics we cover, I probably have 20 to 30 years of on and off research on any given topic. I've looked at this a number of times and I don't feel like I've gotten closer, although um, the research techniques and the way I do it now are a bit more streamlined. So maybe I'll go back, but it would probably be solid months to try to make heads or tails out of any of it. And there's always the concern that the best you can pull off is finding the fallacy. And I want to do better than that. I, I don't want, I mean, I know the fallacy is there, but I want to know what's actually correct. But there's all that, Jason. All right. So let me grab this article myself. <clears throat> so what we're trying to get at here is how much the calendar has been jacked up over the years. And of course, we really don't know the reality of, of what mainstream history says versus what really happened. We don't really know, do we? I mean, it's it's one of those things that they could seriously be obfuscating things. And of course, so many of us highly uh, are suspicious of that. Well, I would just add, we know who did it, and what do we know about the Vatican? I mean, there's the conversation right there. So we have every reason to suspect shenanigans, because that's what the Vatican lives on, is shenanigans. Um, and I'm sorry for people who may be Catholic. If you are Catholic, I'm not bagging on Catholicism, but I am absolutely bagging on a place called the Vatican. There's your poison tree, and we can prove it six ways to Sunday to make a bad pun. So, I think we can start just pulling this apart. Uh, let me make sure of something here. Someone said my mic was low before, so I cranked it up a little bit. Last time I was too hot, this time it's too low. Such temperamental things. All right, so, I checked through uh, multiple mainstream sources, and I keep coming up with the concept that the first New Year celebrations are thought to have been celebrated in Mesopotamia, which mainstream says is circa 2000 B.C., but it was celebrated around the time of the vernal equinox in mid-March. I don't think that really comes as much surprise to you. No. Um, why don't we just take this one whole block at a time, and, and I'll pull apart what's being reported here with the logical problems we can deduce based on things we assume or know are correct. Okay. So to finish that part out then, the Egyptians, Phoenicians, Phoenicians, and Persians began their new year with the fall equinox, and the Greeks celebrated on the winter solstice. So you have some several ancient cultures doing it at different times. But the whole January 1st thing, that doesn't come till later. So there's even problems in the last line here. You're going to be told that the Egyptians, Phoenicians, and Persians began a new year at the fall equinox, and the Greeks celebrated it on the winter solstice. These things don't make sense because there's also a claim that there's rollover on these cultures, that they're interacting with each other. So that would ever be a tough thing to prove. But here's my problem. So even in the bottom of this article, it's telling you that the equinoxes and the solstices are the measure of a year. I agree with that all day long. They are the only measures of a year if you want to put down a marker and say for some reason this period of year is different. And the reason that period of year is different, um, uh, the best way I've ever heard it allegorized is when we get down to what we call Christmas or the winter solstice, you could almost imagine the night king handing his torch to the day king. 
It's a good way to think about it. That's what's going on. The sun has gotten, the, the night has gotten longer, 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 and all of a sudden we get down to Christmas time, and shortly thereafter, the days get longer, 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 longer. Now, that's the first main division called solstices. At the equinox, another thing happens, but the equinox that matters the most has to be spring. The largest release of energy that will ever be calculated in this world is the spring equinox. The number of births, the amount of things coming back to life, everything getting green, every lawn growing, every tree getting leaves everywhere, the, it's staggering when you consider the energy. So that is the only logical marker for anything. And yet here in this thing published today, we're told that the early Roman calendar, uh, calendar designated March 1 as the new year. And I'm calling poppycock all day. Why in the hell would anyone put the first year on March 1? when the equinox is just a few days away, supposedly. But, I mean, from the work we've done on my site, there's problems with the e equinox. I'm sure there's people in the forum <laughs> biting their tongue right now. We know <laughs> there's problems with the equinox, but I'm just, I, I can't address everything at once here. I'm just pointing out that whatever the equinox is and however you truly, truly define it, in other words, spring starts here, um, that is where the year starts. So there's all that, Jason. Well, we could also mention the fact that it's just an approximation anyway. The equinox is going to be different from person to person, depending upon your location. So any of these dates that they choose are still going to be arbitrary uh, kind of approximates, I guess we could say. That's right. There's people in right now, S Frog of our, there's a whole crew of people on the Crow 777 radio forum who proved beyond the shadow of doubt that the current description of an equinox is nonsense. If the sun truly came to zero degrees of declination in a world right on the equator, um, what is claimed about equinoxes would tend to happen everywhere experiencing it in that way. But that's not what happens. Um, <clears throat> this group of people proved beyond the shadow of doubt that in this country, in this country, the United States alone, the equinox will be ex experienced primarily as almost three time zones. The northern part, the mid part, and the lower part of the country will experience equal day and night on different days. But it gets much more complex than that. So the point I'm making is we've proved the model we're handed is poppycock in the same way you're shooting the distance to prove the curvature model beyond doubt. By the way, not arguable. The curvature model is poppycock in the same way, um, but that doesn't get us to where we need to be. And I think that's a crucial point to make um, because it is very frustrating. It seems like it should be a simple thing to say, okay, we know on this moment of this day, we can officially call it spring. And to me, I still can't do that. What I've done is said, I will accept that words have meaning and that a true equinox day has to have down to the second equal night and equal day. But that's a far cry from knowing everything we'd like to. All right. Let me jump back here and we'll get to the next section. So the early Roman calendar, March 1st, is ringing in the new year for them. The early Roman calendar designated March 1st as the new year. The calendar had just 10 months beginning with March. That the new year once began with the month of March is still reflected in some of the names of the months, as we've discussed before. September through December, which are, of course, currently the 9th through 12th months, were originally positioned as the 7th through the 10th months, as you can see in their names. Septum is Latin for 7, Octo is 8, Novum is 9, and Decim is 10. So they finally said a true thing here um, by pointing out that the Latin words have meaning. 
So yeah, man, it, it doesn't take a genius to understand September should be seven, that October should be eight, and so on and so forth. But um, the idea here is still being pushed forward that somehow they designated March 1, and it makes zero sense. I'm not buying. I'm just not buying. Um, if you're going to put it in March, you're going to put it at the equinox. And so then this is the questions that come up that become so problematic. Okay, so if they did start it in March and we're being lied to because we don't know any better, um, it was March 1, but we know certainly the only reason to do that would be because it's the equinox. So the, the equinox would have been March 1. So if that was true, it would push even the months that are misnamed now because they're not in the right numerical order into a different realm of the year. Uh, the problems never end with any of this. Now, we should also talk about the 10-month thing, which originally was claimed to go off of the lunar cycles. And as Marty Leeds might say, uh, 10 fingers on our hands uh, leads humans to want to do things in that sort of system. <clears throat> Which is logically a sound thing to state. Um, it's absolutely logical to think in this way, but here's the problem. We know certainly from other research that we've done that a, m a month is defined by the moon. That's all there is. The solar nonsense that we do doesn't get it. It's an approximation at best, and it fudges numbers all over the place. And, you know, we just had a month with 28 days, for Christ's sake, in the modern era. How is it that each month doesn't have the same number of days? Well, I'll tell you, because a month or a month was ditched. Now, in this, they're going to tell you they had a 10-month calendar, but they were still paying attention to the moon. I'm going to call poppycock again. If you're paying attention to the moon, you're getting 13. That's what you're working from. So the almost certain truth, which is actually hinted at in parts of this article, is there was a civil calendar, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, there probably was. There had to be for their courts and their laws and their systems of uh, civilization. That would be a civil calendar based on the sun. But there was other calendars that did things like holy days, that did things like mark times in the cycle where they knew things about it. That would have been done with the moon. And so what's happened here is they're acting like one calendar did it all. And I'm not buying. Uh, look at the Mayan idea. The Mayan idea, for whatever you want to say about it, comes a lot closer because there's all these different cycles and the moon can't do it alone and the sun can't do it alone. As a matter of fact, there's modern examples of what I'm saying in the Hebrew ideas called solely lunar, of course, or still today in the Vatican to set the day of Easter, which by the way, the setting of Easter is probably where a lot of these calendars got jacked up for the last time heavily. Um, they have to use a solely lunar calendar because they can't place Easter according to scripture with the sun alone. So you guys can see how quickly, how complex this gets so quickly. And do we have an actual official statement on why uh, Easter has to be where it's at from the Vatican and why it floats around and all that? Like, what are they trying to co coincide it with? I know all about this. We're looking at Pope Gregory the Thirteenth, and this is all verbatim from the mainstream viewpoint or the history we are handed. This is not crow's insight in between the lines. Um, Pope Gregory apparently woke up one morning and said, oh, this guy Julius Caesar changed the calendar and now it's not good enough, so I'm going to fix it. Jason, you did the calculation at one point to show the correction made from Julius's supposed calendar to Pope Gregory's was something like 0 
<laughs> I mean, so <laughs> insignificant is not to be even, you couldn't even call that a correction. But for whatever, Gregory 13 gets in there, says, boys and girls, we're redoing the calendar. The first thing they do is they don't have a year zero. Oh, let's put a red flag up right there. No year zero. We're starting on one. We're not starting from the first year has to occur before we can say one. We're acting, whatever whatever you want to say about that. And we now know that ties to law, right? That's why the Hebraic calendar goes back thousands of years, so-called BC, and the New Testament, the new laws, the, the maritime concerns start at one, like the birth of a human being, forgetting the nine months in the womb. Same idea going on here. How old are you? I'm one. Well, I was just born today. But you see, you can see how it, it matches the calendar. So we go back to the calendar, and this dude's going to change it all. And here's what Pope Gregory the Thirteenth claims: I'm king of the world. I'm the Pope, and Easter is the most important Christian day. And so I'm going to force this day called Easter to be one day for everybody at the same time on the calendar. There's your first separation from nature with a freaking meat cleaver. You cannot force everyone in the world to experience the same day at once. The sun does not rise in California for a Californian at the same time it rises for a New Yorker or a Spaniard or an Englishman or an Irish woman. All those people will experience whatever the hell the sky clock is doing in their own time, in their own way, tied logically and provably to geography. And yet Pope Gregory the Thirteenth says, we're going to make these things called the Eastern calendar, the Easter calendar, the Eastern annals, in some cases it's called, and we're going to project Easter for the next so many hundred years and everyone's going to do it on this day. So that's the root, in, in my view, of where everything went south the last time anyhow. All right, moving on to January being created. The first time that the new year was celebrated on the 1st of January was said to be in Rome around 153 B.C. Uh, the month of January did not even exist until around 700 B.C. when the second king of Rome, Numa Pontilius, added the months of January and February, bringing the total to 12. The new year was moved from March to January because that was the beginning of the civil year, the month that the two newly elected Roman consuls, the highest officials in the Roman Republic, began their one-year tenure. But this new year date was not always strictly and widely observed, and the new year was still sometimes celebrated <clears throat> in the old way of March 1st. All right, let's just climb up to like a hundred story building and scream poppycock off the top of it. Um, there's just too many logical problems with all this nonsense. You want to claim that there was a Roman calendar that was 10 months long. And yet now you're going to tell me that a guy we almost never hear of named Numa Pontilius is the second king of Rome. So the second guy in the door adds two months, making it 12. Well, wait a minute. You just got done telling us that Rome operated on a 10-month calendar to the point that they all had their names. In other words, September was in fact seven. October was in fact eight. But wait a minute. The second king, the next guy in the door, um, Jack, it just none of it logically works out, Jason. It's all a tale. Right. So, again, we have to acknowledge the fact that the equinoxes were incredibly important, and to a lot of religions, uh, including the pagans, of course, which we haven't even really touched on yet. Uh, early Rome which, was very different than later Rome, of course, when once uh, Christianity came in. 
Well, you make a key point. Let's go to places which we kind of assume, and we are making assumptions, are older than ancient Rome. Like, let's go over to Ireland or Scotland where those barrows are, and they've got these tunnels and these megalithic structures uh, where the equinox sun is going to point through. Well, that tells us a few things, by the way. Um, first of all, the idea of procession is destroyed by any ancient monolithic structure that still shows the sun coming through on a given day. Um there are ways that, that you could say the day changed, it just happens to be viewing, but I don't think I'm buying that. But but this is the point. So for time immemorial, if there was a time when the main technology was stones, those people provably knew when an equinox was and a solstice. But it makes sense that they had to. Because when you get to the fall equinox, if you don't damn well have enough food set aside, you could starve to death because winter's coming. So you know certainly they had to understand these things to survive, but we don't have to act like we know. We can see what we know. Their structures align to equinoxes, to solstices, or to other things. So it's just more logical proof that what we're being told is not correct. And then, of course, we should address how things changed once Christianity did take over, uh, being very sun-centric. Yes, by the time we get to the what's going to become the Western world, the sun is it, ladles and jelly spoons. Everything is solar now. Um, even our religion, the language in our religion, will reflect the acceptable year of the Lord. Uh, the people who are running supposed Christianity are going to go back to Heliopolis, the city of the sun in Egypt, and they're going to start ripping off obelisks which, by the way, are penises, just so people know. And they're not just any old penises. They're circumcised penises, just so everyone knows. And they're going to bring this fertility right tied to the sun to everywhere the power players in Christianity go. But this is the point we're making. Um, there was never a time when these guys didn't know what it is we'd like to know now. They just hid it from the rest of us. And my contention is one of the main ways they prevent us from doing alchemy at high level is they jacked up the sky clock. So we, we're not quite sure how to read it. But what's worse is our calendar makes no sense at all. It's all solar. We should have two or three calendars minimally, minimally. And we should be able to identify down to an arc second anything we want to. Or in the case of human beings walking on the earth, we should be able to harvest an herb at exactly the minute that we should. But we can't, as far as I know. You know, just thinking out loud here, is there an accuracy difference between following the sun and following the moon? And have there been any records that these things changed at all over the course of potentially thousands of years? Meaning that the the sun's path like the amount of time change at all in, in even small degrees or what about the moon has that always been consistent as well that we know of well that's the whole procession of the equinoxes argument that i don't accept um but you know there's people like s frog again he's showing that the sun's speed is not constant other people are doing similar things but you see <clears throat> if you want to act <clears throat> like the world is round spinning like a top and it wobbles, creating procession of the equinoxes, then you got to do better than say, scientifically, we say it for this reason. No, you got to actually go back to some old, honking old culture and show a record that proves it because you can't observe over that length of time. But what's more is let's go right back to the boroughs over in Ireland or Scotland or wherever the heck it is, where Presumably, those were made sometime B.C., what we call B.C., and yet the solstice sun or the equinox sun is still coming down that doorway they made. Where's your procession of the equinox now? 
you know um, these things are logically have problems and this is also the the divide part of the reason for the divide between things like tropical astrology and sidereal sidereal basically gave up i think and said we've lost too much information we have to look at what we can see and try to work it out from there the tropical people say we have this long tradition and we have to calculate what's above our head back to a time when these things made sense because it no longer makes sense. So these are some of the problems. And anyone listening to me ramble right now can see how freaking complex, how quickly this gets so complex as to be almost beyond Marty's mind blowers. It is very complex and it's not easy to sieve through. It's easy to find the fallacy. It's nigh on impossible to find what's true, or at least it feels that way. And, of course, we have to mention once again that uh, all over the place, especially at the Vatican, we have obelisks and constant references to astrological signs, meaning that they know that there's value there. Not only this, I I have done research for like a long time now around the Vatican, and the truth of it is is the world is not ready to hear a lot of the things I would say, which is cause of a, a mega fight and That's not why I do what I'm doing here. I'm trying to do the opposite of cause a mega fight. I'm trying to get people to consider things and bring common sense back to life. But in the research of the Vatican, um, we can logically understand that at the time the Vatican was controlling most of the world, uh, those were some of the brightest, most educated people in existence. Some of those dudes spoke 13 languages. Not kidding. And some of those dudes didn't even speak a language and they'd send them to a part of the world they wanted to take over and they'd go learn the language pretty quickly. And within two or three dudes be providing Bibles in that language and everything else. These dudes are at a level smart that is almost incomprehensible, but certainly educated at a level that we can't even imagine. If we want to act like a PhD is what, about three degrees roughly, bachelor's, master's, you know, these dudes would have been having like 50 or 60 degrees of education compared to that. It's insane what these men knew. And yet, what they were doing was holding the torch for what they're going to call Christianity And while they hid behind everyone's back, they used Jewish Kabbalah, they used the Talmud, and they used hermetics. And when I say hermetics, there's a whole dark side to hermetics that most people have heard nothing about. I mean, something you could actually call black magic. And there was so much value in these older traditions that they hid behind Christianity and implemented it, encoded it into the things they were doing, lied about it to the people that were following the religion they were supposed to be supporting. So this goes to show you, because this too relates to exactly what we're talking about. All these older traditions rely on the sky clock. And if you want to be the best of the best of the best at it and pull off almost magical medicines and other things, you have to do it to the second on on the sky clock. And so that's how it all relates. Maybe I didn't explain that very well. (laughs) Um, By the way, to show how uh, important this stuff is, there was an astrological dig of the oldest Christian church found. I saw this a few years back, and they showed the floor, and right built into the floor, whatever it was made out of, stone of some sort, uh, was Pisces the fish, showing that it was indeed the, the dawning of the Pisces religion. I suspect that there was a true Christianity for the first 100 or 200 years before the Vatican went haywire, batshit crazy, um, and became drunk with power and went to the dark side of the forest whole hog. 
And in that time, I suspect that we were really about to have kind of a Jupiterian age, a jovial time where that kind of Christian scripture, turn the other cheek, have a concern for your fellow man. These ideas were true and alive. And it did not take long for the power players to go whole hog against it. And the the the, the Talmud, the, the Babylonian Talmud was in the doors of the Vatican with, I mean, within two or three hundred years. It's astounding how quick it got there. And these dudes were claiming, well, we need help with the language because the Old Testament was written in Aramaic and a little bit of it in Hebrew. So we need these scholars that speak the language. But what was actually going on is these dudes who don't, the same thing happened in Judaism, it looks like. There was a true Judaism, and after the Babylonian captivity, the rabbis and the Talmud came to be. Um, and so these infiltration of these dark side jokers just kept happening. That's what it appears to me, anyhow, at this point. All right, next point. Julius Caesar and the Julian calendar. In 46 BC, Emperor Julius Caesar introduced a new solar-based calendar that was a vast improvement on the ancient Roman calendar, which had been a lunar system that was becoming wildly inaccurate over the years. The Julian calendar decreed that the new year would occur with January 1st, and within the Roman world, January 1st became the consistently observed start of the new year. However, I must add to the, this article that they maintain some of the other dates as celebration times. Well, this is, a, this is a provable, nonsensical lie. So you're telling me that in 46 B, so, so, so we have a 10-month calendar, then the second king makes it a 12-month calendar, and then, by the way, by 46 BC, this dude named Julius comes and pulls it all to the sun. What, do you want it six ways to sun? It's all nonsense. So you're telling me somehow you had a 10-month calendar based on the moon? And then somehow the moon was then tied to a 12-month calendar. And then somehow it was all ported over to the... Oh, my God. It's just all nonsense. It's just words strung together in a paragraph. <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, I can make up words and put them in a paragraph. Maybe I should do it because that's what this is. Well, you know, since a lot of the Bible, especially the Old Testament, would have taken place... Um, way before 46 BC, hypothetically, uh, you got to wonder what dates and things like that line up and, and don't line up with how they change things around. Uh, AM1, thank you for the $5 super chat. And he says, all of this seems to make a lot more sense if you entertain the idea that some of these people are living for centuries, if not thousands of years. Well, that's an interesting thought. I don't know how we'd prove that, of course. Well, I, I don't know how we'd prove it either, but the, the, the encoding, I, I'm assuming that's how he came, you know, the encoding that people are living longer uh, than most of us are is there, and the logical ideas of why would someone in the 1920s who was 80 participate in the One World Takeover? He'll be dead long before 9/11, um, so it's there. But you know, we we have other things in our face too. What's that? That Australian band in excess? You could <laughs> live for a thousand years, and if you cry, I'll make wine from your tears. <laughs> I told you that we could fly. We all have wings, just most of us don't know why. Um, these things are all over the place, but I don't know how we ever prove it. But getting, getting back to what we're being shown here, um, this is a similar storyline that the acceptable history of our world has handed us, and I can sit here and logically rip it to shreds. It's just how do... I don't understand how universities with actual historians 
And astrology, you know, this is part of the reason why a historian is not an astrologer. It's why all that got divided. Back in the day, it's claimed that a person with a full education got 360 degrees, full circle of education. In other words, that dude was not just a historian. He was also an astronomer. So tripe like we're reading here would have been, wouldn't have flew. People would have been too smart to, to fall for this nonsense. Well, you know, it's interesting as far as uh, astrologers, astrology, astrologers and historians and all that. Uh, how about through the centuries, how many of them worked with the Vatican or worked under the Vatican uh, and their work had to be approved by the Vatican? And you're even talking about the early astronomers and all that. So how hard is it to figure out that if they wanted things to be skewed a certain way, they just made it so? Oh, I can. I see this is in the episode that I can't do right now. There is a time when nothing could be published in the world that wasn't a Bible or a Christian scripture on pain of death. But, and people, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I'll just say this one thing about the research that I've confirmed and done now. The Talmud was about to go extinct. You know who saved it? Pope Leo X, Medici Pope. He printed the nicest Talmud ever printed in a holy Catholic controlled printing press. And it it's insane. It put it back on the map. It was, the Vatican did that. So you can see the idea of what you're being told in public and the idea of what's actually going on behind the scenes. And this calendar issue that we're tackling here is no different, no different on any level. It's just, it's words strung together on a page for people who don't know enough about the world they live in, the natural world. We've been so separated from the natural world, the average person listening doesn't understand that you can't just all of a sudden take a solar calendar and make it lunar or vice versa. The, the, it, it just does not work that way. It's like taking two gears of a different size and acting like they're interchangeable. And, you know, they're not interchangeable. You know, the other thing uh, we have have to consider here is that at the same time they were doing all this stuff, maritime admiralty law was coming into existence, and you got to wonder how these things all tie together. I'm convinced at this point, and I don't know how I prove it outright, but we demonstrated, I, I'd, I'd known of this, I didn't know a way to show it for years and years. I knew Libra was wrong. And I had different things to try to show that it was wrong. And it wasn't until I got my hands on this really old, old sky atlas from this really old library that it, it just slapped me in the face. And at the same time, fate came together and the names of stars and everything else to show Libra was added in. Um, and, it, you know, there's so many things. Look at the size of Virgo. Virgo's two times too big, at least. Um, none of it makes sense because all through astrology, you'll be told that um, this month is this sign. Well, how the hell is one month Virgo? Virgo's two months, at least. And how the hell is anything a Libra? Because it's like this dinky little thing. And by the way, I can now demonstrate without argument for a thinking person that they clipped the claws off the scorpion to insert the scales and didn't even bother to rename the stars from their ancient Persian sources, which meant the northern and southern claw of the scorpion. And then I began to see the word game. Claws, it's sea laws. The, the letter C followed by the word laws, sea laws. That's, I think, where they inserted their maritime admiralty nonsense by the addition of the scales of Libra. But this points out the problem that we're facing. As human beings, we have a right to understand the sky clock. 
We have a right to understand what it means when you're born. We have a right to understand what it means when you die. And we don't know a damn thing about any of it for the most part. We're just like a bunch of babies that are told by adults somewhere in this world that we'll never see. This is the way it is. This is what you do. This is how you act and just go along with it. And there's a lot of us that are no longer content. Um, But the point is, I think we can demonstrate at this point that alchemy or the idea of hermetics and even tied up in the Talmudic concerns um, of gematria were so important to the most learned men in the world. They learned it, they hit it, and then they jacked up every system the rest of the world was going to use and all the lay people were going to use so that there was no prayer or a very small prayer in hell that any of us would be able to get back to what the sky clock can teach us and what it will allow us to do. And so when you begin to logically take apart, wait a minute, there was a birth in this world, and so some dude in the world set the calendar to one. First of all, why didn't he send it to zero? Because that's where everything starts. Um, this is where it starts. You have to have a one occur before you can count a one. So when they jacked it back, they just started counting at one. And by the way, I mean, I could do this all day long, Jason. The point is, is I think that we can show all day long that this has directly to do with being separated from nature and that the power of a human being with the divine spark in touch with the natural world to include the sky clock gives almost magical abilities to things like medicine and the ability to understand the probability of what's likely to happen at any given point in a cycle. Kind of like saying it's summer, but I know damn well winter's around the corner and I'm not wrong like that, but at a more finite level. Hound on Heart is asking if we could do a show about the ancient blood sacrifice ritual that today is disguised as medicine circumcision. <clears throat> These things, when, when we get into topics like this, it is so difficult. And, and this is what they call it the information age. It's not. It's the controlled information age. It's so difficult to be able to get good research things to use that what it actually takes is a lot of research from different areas where you can logically put together what's probable or in some way prove what's likely right. Um, Things like this are difficult. And the truth of it is to to just pick a topic like that and then decide to go at it, it would take months, months and months to get somewhere meaningful um, that stands up to the level that we, we try to hit while we're doing this and we have to remember some people might get offended at the same time (laughs) well i've been warned i've been warned and i don't ask me don't ask me any questions about what i'm going to say because i'm not going to answer them we have a podcast where we're trying to enter positive ideas and common sense back into the world but i've been told flat out if i ever cover the holocaust it'll be my ass my private website will disappear and my entire presence online and I was queuing up to do it, but don't ask me about it because I won't answer you. And just to know, we're not scot-free. We're not footloose and fancy-free in all this. Every single time we put an episode, we have to consider what's going in hour one, and then we do what we want in hour two, which is also risky. Because what I'm saying is we're not hurting anyone. We'll say whatever the hell we please because this is private territory here. But the truth of it is there are people out there that do not dig certain things being talked about, like the sun-named fake sickness called corona. Go ahead and talk about that out loud for very long right now and see what happens. Uh, AM1 is also asking about uh, the mud flood Tartaria thing breakdown that we're going to do. We are doing that. We've already got it written with Wayne McCroy. We just haven't had a chance to... uh, 
coincide our schedules. But here's the thing about that. Uh, we don't want to offend anybody because a lot of people are really invested in it. But what we came up with is not what a lot of people are dedicating whole YouTube channels to. The problem here is that whole YouTube channels that have come to conclusions that we're not going to agree with, um, that uh, the evidences individually are interesting and probably important. Um, but it seems to me like uh, some, you know, it's like the Flat Earth Movement. Uh, some clever people who want to disrupt the conversation got into the Flat Earth community and they caused trouble and they introduced ideas that seem intriguing, but they're not helpful. I think the same thing has happened in the in the mud flood idea. Um, you'll never be able to prove that, but uh, in the Flat Earth community, you could show, uh, well, I'm not even going to go down that road, actually. Go ahead, Jason. Right. Uh, the, the big thing is we found that it's just from the preliminary looking at it, it wasn't a worldwide event. And I keep seeing dates getting moved too, almost like folks are trying to justify saying that, that this is when it happened. The original narrative, and this is actually something because I don't follow this stuff so hardcore, like the big thing for months was that this event happened around 1860-ish, around the time of the American Civil War. Now all of a sudden I'm starting to hear other years being bantied about, especially being pushed further and further back. So... I don't know, man. I, I think people are just grasping at straws here. I mean, floods happen, <laughs> and they leave mud. You can go into my mom's basement that from the flood uh, that happened in 1972 when she was two weeks pregnant with me, and there's mud in her basement from that flood, but that doesn't mean the entire world got it. But anyway. Well, the, the, the fact that they're changing dates is a good thing because they're trying to adjust and willing to adjust. By the way, Harry Christie, I was just supposed to be on the Christian whistleblower, but we had a, a scheduling snafu. Maybe the part of that was my problem, um, and I will probably be. I haven't heard back from him, but I'll probably be making good on my uh, my thing there. We were two hours off on the scheduling somehow, and I've been so busy I had to beg out. And we were supposed to record a couple days ago, but that I'm I'm very willing to do it again. I just haven't had a chance to talk with him. But um, you know the the whole idea of some of the grand schemes. Um, this is where I think unhelpful minds got in there, trying to leverage off the idea of the great deluge, this great global, tongue-in-cheek, thing that changed everything. Um, that's an archetype that's in all of us. There's not a, you know, a civilization that's mattered in this world that doesn't have a, a great flood narrative of some sort. And so the mud flood idea seems to almost leverage on that oh there was but they changed the words a little bit instead of a water flood now now it's mud it's even dirtier <laughs> but it, it happened everywhere um and they just it it becomes it becomes a logic problem because if anything happens everywhere then there is evidence everywhere and that becomes the first problem but i don't think there's any dismissing in certain places where the buildings appear to have sunk or the other way around, the world is built up around them. The cathedral they just destroyed, called Notre Dame, has 11 steps nobody's ever seen, um, by the way. But also the construction of these buildings. So much interesting work about fireplaces that seem to have never been built to have a fire in them. So much interesting work done about how windows were positioned, how maybe natural energies were being conducted in some way by these buildings, and it all relates. And so individually, the parts and pieces are so valid for research. Um, and the fact that they're changing their dates, I don't have a problem with that at all because what it means is they're willing to recognize what I said before doesn't fit, so I'm going to try to do better. So I'm about, anyone who changes their narrative and tries to improve it, I'm about that all day long. 
All right, moving along to the Middle Ages. In medieval Europe, celebrations accompanying the new year were considered pagan and unchristian-like. And in 567, the Council of Tours abolished the 1st of January as the beginning of the new year. At various times and in various places throughout medieval Christian Europe, the new year was celebrated on on December 25th, the birth of Jesus Christ. March 1st, March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation, and Easter. So quite a few changes there. Well, here's here's another thing that's obvious in your face that I'll bet you no one's considered. So I'm a researcher in the modern era, and I want to go back and figure out what happened on this day on the calendar. Look how many times the calendar's been jacked. You know how damn difficult it is to even approximate that you're on the right day with the level of jackery? Um, look what we're being told here. Um, and so the other thing is the idea of paganhood. I, I have despised heathen and pagan as words for as long as I can remember because they're just meant to be insults. And please don't try to take the time to say different. I grew up in a world, I was raised as a Christian, I know exactly how they're used, and I'm not being swayed away from it. But what it actually means is these people were living close to the nature, and they had to separate that. In this world, for people to begin to believe nonsense, they have to be separated wholesale from nature. And what you're looking at here when they use words like pagan is that you're being led to believe that these idiots celebrated some horned goddess and there were 15 of them and all this other nonsense that goes with it because clearly human beings were nothing like we are now. But what's actually being said is people understood nature at a level that was problematic for those who wanted to insert nonsense into their minds. But back to the point here, how many times in this short article have we mentioned that We switch from the sun to the moon. We switch from this many months to that many months. We jack the first of the calendar from this month to that month. Now go ahead and try to make sense out of his story. Go ahead and try to figure out what happened in what we call December 5,000 years or 500 years ago. The, The level of mathematics and unscrewing up of things that has to go on there, it's it's almost unapproachable to be frank about it. Maggie May, thank you so much for the $25 super chat. Uh, You didn't ask a question or anything, though. So if you have something you want to talk about, by all means, hit us up. All right. And we are on to how much time I got left. I got 10 minutes. Okay, cool. The Gregorian calendar and January 1st is restored. In 1582, the Gregorian calendar reform restored January 1st as New Year's Day. Although most Catholic countries had adopted the Gregorian calendar almost immediately because, of course, they were obeying Vatican decrees, it was only gradually adopted among the Protestant countries. The British, for example, did not adopt the reformed calendar until 1752. Until then, the British Empire and their American colonies still celebrated the New Year in March. And, you know, what's interesting about the American colonies, because I actually looked this up, because it was all immigrants coming from different countries, not just the British, they had different New Year's being celebrated at different times. Uh, a, lot, a lot of them were doing March 25th, in fact. Well, here's the magical Pope Gregory. He's going to bring you the calendar with his name on it. So we all utter his nonsensical name till the end of time. And lo and behold, he's going to restore January to what it was just a little while ago. It's all beyond ridiculous. And here's the sad truth of it all. I wholeheartedly suspect that the jacking of the calendar these last times was lining up the numbers 9 and 11 to roll forward for the world takeover. 
We have shown in other researches when we were working with the equinoxes that when they changed the date, basically you could show that was what was September 11th suddenly on the same day became September 22 or vice versa. I don't remember which way it went, but this is what we're talking about here. This is all designed to blow your damn mind and it's worked. Not only can you not easily roll back through history, but worse than everything else put together, when you look up at the sky, you're less than a baby. You know less about what you shouldn't have known from a very early age than is possible to know right now because of the skullduggery and the hoodwinking that's been done by these black to the core people who held power in major portions of the world. And even in this last paragraph, how, how in the hell do you seriously, with a serious face, say the words in 1582, the Gregorian calendar reformed and restored January 1? You just told us this other damn tale about January 1 and hooked it to pagans for crying out loud. The nonsense never ends in this world. And how is it that we have all fallen so far from common sense that we can cry that it's almost impossible to know what we want to right now anyhow, but we're not so damn stupid as to recognize nonsense, which all of this is. And that's the main drive of much of what we do on this podcast is just simply try to get common sense in the world. Maybe in two generations, someone will have advanced far beyond what I can and actually start to undo some of this nonsense. I don't know, but there is an article published today and there's not a single paragraph that a critical mind can't just rip to shreds. And it's all based on the idea that all the people reading this don't know a damn thing. And only, only the people who might have had history or only the people who might have had astronomy might have an inkling. And that's a sad world to exist in. It's where we are right now, man. It's crazy, Jason. And there's, of course, one more thing we can mention about calendars and, and timekeeping and all that, something that's still done today to completely jack us around, and that is daylight savings time. Oh, my gosh. Um, daylight savings time. Uh, the fact that it still exists with this many minds coming online, although I did just see some supposed reporting from somewhere that they were undoing it in some place. I forget where it was. But basically, this is another proof that everything I've just said about the intent to screw up the calendar so badly to make us all blind, which has been accomplished, is no different than what's going on on daylight savings time. They wait for two times a year to jack up the civil clock by an hour. They do it the first time at the spring equinox. They do it the second time at the fall equinox. And what it serves to do is to rip a human existence away from nature, away from the natural cycles that we were born into. And by the time we're starting to adjust, they rip us out again because it's six months apart. Um, it's a hell of a thing to, to see what's going on here. And it's a hell of a thing when you've been told that daylight savings time was to save daylight for farmers. Well, I got news for the world. Or have we become so hmm. stupid as to not understand that it is impossible to save daylight? There will be as much daylight today as there will be. And if you want more of it, then you better get up a little earlier. There's the truth of it. And yet someone jacked the civil clock and calendar to reflect this idea that somehow we could save the daylight. And there's even an old Indian chief, whether he existed or not, that's got the perfect quote. There's an Indian chief that is attributed with having said the following. Only a white man would cut a foot off the top of a blanket 
and sew it to the bottom of a blanket and think he'd change something. That is a perfect <laughs> allegory for what daylight savings time is, but there's no getting away from the underhanded, black-hearted intention of why it was done. And basically, it's to take a natural, divine spark human being and rip them from the natural cycles that we now call pagan. There it is, in a nutshell. Now, I just looked up why Daylight Savings Time was actually started, and I don't see anything about farmers whatsoever. It said that it started around World War One, when uh, Germany and Austria, in an effort to conserve fuel, needed to produce <laughs> electric power. Uh, <laughs> go, go. I haven't heard this one. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It took time by the... Uh, before lock and began saving daylight at 11 p.m. on April 30th, 1916, by advancing the hands of the clock one hour until the <laughs> following October. Other countries immediately adopted this 1916 action. Belgium, Denmark, France, Italy, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, Sweden, Turkey, and Tasmania. Kind of like the devil. Nova Scotia yeah. and Manitoba adopted it as well, with Britain following suit three weeks later on May 21st, 1916. In 1917, Australia and Newfoundland began saving daylight. Now, for the United States... <laughs> saving saving daylight. They're right saving there. it. I don't know what they're saving it from, though. Saving it from, <laughs> from themselves. The plan was not formally adopted in the U.S. until 1918. Maybe they have Daylights Anonymous. Um... <clears throat> An act to preserve daylight and provide standard time for the United States was enacted on March 19, 1918. It both established standard time zones and set summer DST to begin on March 31, 1918. Daylight savings time was observed for seven months in 1918 and 1919. After the war ended, the law proved so unpopular, most be mostly because people rose earlier and went to bed earlier than people do today, that it was repealed in 1919 with a congressional override of President Wilson's veto. Daylight saving time became a local option and was continued in a few states. Uh, okay, well, we can skip all that. So we go down to World War II, and they brought it back and called it wartime from 42 to 45, then from 45 to 66, no federal law regarding it. Uh, then all the way down to Dick Nixon in 1974, signed into law the Emergency Daylight Saving Time Energy Conservation Act of 1973. Beginning well, on January 6, 1974, implementing the Daylight Saving Time Energy Act, clocks were set ahead. On October 5th, 74, Congress amended the act and standard time returned on October 27th, 1974. Daylight saving time resumed on February 23rd, 1975 and ended. Okay. So from that point on, it was inconsistent until, let's see, there's a lot of crap here. Well, you know, it doesn't yeah, matter because we're out of time. It is anyway. a lot of crap. <laughs> it, 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 well, I'm just looking through all this. I'm like, they jacked this around so much. They're they're. They're changing the narrative, Jason. In yeah, school, exactly. I was taught they did it for the farmers. Now they're adding this whole complex backstory. But, you know, the story you just told must be true because didn't Jim Croce, Croce write a song about it? If I could save daylight in a bottle. <laughs> um, I think that was time, but maybe. maybe. If, if I could save daylight in a bottle, I'll tell you the <laughs> first one I'd screw. <laughs> um, it's all nonsense. It's all designed to do what it does. And they can create a backstory and tie it to Luxembourg, but... Even that backstory tells you how far-reaching this fraud goes. 
Now they're claiming it went across all these countries. So there was apparently back in the day some overarching governing body that could convince governments everywhere that we're going to jack all the clocks up for no good reason. And then we're going to fake like we can save daylight in a bottle. It's a magical thing we're under we're engaging in here. Um, what, what they're basically doing is they're jacking up human beings actually. Benjamin Crossland, thank you for the $10 super chat. He says, thanks for elevating minds. But anyway, we're, we're at our time there, Crow. What I think the safe thing to say is by continuing to do stuff like Daylight Savings Time, what are, what are you achieving? You're jacking people away. You're yanking them off of the normal rhythm, messing with people's uh, natural rhythms to jive with nature, and it's just messing everything up. And it's not cool, man. Well, you might even be shortening lives. Who the hell knows a lifetime left alone to have a normal circadian rhythm? Your corporate job does this too. But even if you have a corporate job and the overarching idea of what a day is, even though it's not right, isn't jacked up, your circadian rhythm, so-called circadian rhythm, will find its place to the point where how many people, I know I've done it in my lifetime, have worked at some corporate job, and I woke up two minutes every morning before the alarm went off. There's your body in step with the day. And I also remembered that when daylight savings time hit, I wouldn't wake up two minutes before the alarm. It'd take a while for that to begin to sync back up. So what could be said for a lifetime from a newborn infant all the way to their deathbed being in tune with a natural cycle and a natural rhythm? Would that make a difference to the health of a person or the longevity? And, you know, these are these are speculations. There's no way to prove them out. But I'm just saying, if you want to lie to me, to my face at this point, when I don't need the damn glasses to see me with, I got news for you. I'll make a podcast and I'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> it's time to not go for all this nonsense anymore. You know, it's kind of funny to think about this. In the past, most people were agrarian for the most part, unless you happen to be very, very wealthy. And what did people generally do? Well, they would get up at dawn and go to sleep at, uh, shortly after dusk, right? And, of course, when it's warmer out, you're outside doing work and all that, and you have more food and, and more things to, to keep yourself going. In the wintertime, you're living on your stores that you've set aside, and uh, you're not doing as much activity, which is good because you don't want to burn through all your stores. And that was just the natural cycle of things. And if you wanted to know what time of day it was or anything like that, well, you just kind of look up. You can tell when noon is. The sun is directly over your head. Now, uh, well, <laughs> goodness knows. Well... There's this idea in the world now that's been so perverted that money is the only thing that matters. Oh, you lost a loved one wrongly? Well, you can sue and get a million dollars. I got news for you. A million dollars does not bring back the loss of a life or the damaging of a life. And we've all been kind of programmed into this nonsense. And everything we have just talked about can be related to a similar thing. At the root of what we're saying here is we've all been ripped. I mean ripped straight out of nature into this artificial existence and the moment it happened and the worse it got along the way, the more infantile and the more unable to recognize nonsense we have become. Because if you can go back and meet a farmer who lived his whole life in the field, he's not buying this Corona nonsense or any of the rest of the lies that are being pushed in our face so that the oligarchs can get their little one world puppet show that they're so fond of trying for. Uh, my main point here is nature is the baseline for all this stuff. And if you recognize it, you can see where we started to go off the rails. And when you recognize where we went off the rails, you can start to take private measures as an individual human being to get back on the rails. And I would point out to you that even in the United States, we have a thing called time zones. 
those were brought to us by the robber barons who had trains. So they had a scheduling problem. So they invented time zones to create their money-making train system schedules more easily managed. And what it did was in the central time zone where there's 800 miles or so, something like that, between the east and west boundaries, it ensured that a man on the eastern boundary was getting out of bed at the same time as the guy on the western boundary. And yet they're miles and miles and hours apart. They will not see sunrise at the same time. This is the artificial, the nothing. Remember the never-ending story when we were all young? Um, it's the nothing. That's what this is. All this artificial stuff is the nothing taking over the world. But, Jason, I think we're there. Um, anything we're going to add? Well, if, before we sign off, if you'd like to answer Jason Nolan, he's asking if you think the lunar wave might appear near the equinox. There was a time when I tried to make that connection, and I can't. I can't honestly make that connection. Um, and the truth of it is, is for a while there, they were mostly filmed near the fall equinox, and then they were near the, the spring equinox, and then over time there was something near the summer solstice and never the winter solstice. But looking back on it, you want to know why there were fewer so shot in the winter? Because in most places it's cold and nobody's out with a telescope. The truth is, is I, I have no clue how to zero someone in on the best time. And there was a time back in the day, which I see you understand, I said, um, when I thought maybe equinoxes were the key. Doesn't make it not true, but it is not provably correct. Just to be clear, there, as far as I know, there is no provably correct method with improving your odds of filming a lunar wave, to the best of my knowledge. Couple last things here. Elsie King, thank you for the Australian fourteen ninety nine. He says thanks, guys. Oh, he or she? I don't actually know. Uh, and let's see. Uh, and, that's that's I I that's Elsie King. I talk with him all the time, man. He does uh, fantastic research. He takes a very different point of view than most people, which makes it valuable. So thank you, sir. I almost said your name, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I recognize the uh, the handle. I just don't know if it's a male or female or, uh, well, goodness knows today. It could be one of a hundred other things, uh, maybe a lamppost. I don't know. I don't think it matters because I don't think either one of us was planning on sleeping with the individual. <laughs> you know, that's the point. Uh, some, uh, let's see, Jason brought up about the second son. You know, the other, well, let's see, when was I? Last week, I, I shot the uh, sunset down at uh, the pier where I've been looking at New Orleans, and it was super cloudy, but I could have sworn that I had two hot spots in the clouds. Now, that doesn't prove anything because I couldn't see a second sun, but it means that uh, maybe there's the potential there that I can see it and catch it uh, where, where I'm going to shoot. So I wish I could remember. Well, I can remember the year. The year when I was faced with the problem of flat Earth was one month after I posted the lunar wave in October of 2013. And I had to figure out a way to make sense of it, which is when I went out and proved the curvature model was wrong for myself. As a matter of fact, it was such a hot topic. And I was so under attack for the lunar wave. Not only did I not post the footage that proved to me for all time that the, the model was wrong. I now have, don't even have that footage because it was on a hard drive that I lost wholesale um, during all the shuffle. I, I thought at some point when things cooled off, I would go show that footage that I shot that proved the curvature model was wrong. Um, but that goes to show you how far we've come. But most people don't realize when the lunar wave first went up, it was staggering, the, the reaction of the world that suddenly focused on what I was doing. It was staggering. Um, and it took a while to find even. Um, and when the flat earth movement started 30 days after the lunar wave, um, it became an argument where if you entered into it all the more so, it was like being put under a microscope 
with the sun focusing on you is going to get crispy. But um, anyhow, you're, you're doing exactly what I did back then. You're about to prove that the curvature model is impossibly wrong. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, join us this Wednesday, 8 to 10 Central, for the uh Wayne and I will be doing a, our, our usual weekly live stream. I'll, I'll announce the topic tomorrow. And then, of course, this week on Crow Triple Seven Radio, we have the return of Athen Comente. Coming up, we have a uh, really awesome gentleman. Uh, he's a forensic psychologist, a full, full-on doctorate uh, who's kind of bucking the system. Uh, his name is Andy. Really cool, really smart guy, and I'm really looking forward to that one. Right. We just met him. It'll be interesting. We met him once on, on Skype to try to vet as much as you can in a few minutes on Skype. Um, we'll see. I hope it's an interesting one. Uh, it's not easy holding the bar up high, but we're sure trying to. Anyhow, um, thank everyone for showing up. Thank for all the super chats and uh, be good to each other. And here's wishing you all a happy, healthy and higher minded year ahead. Cheers.